Hello, I'm Rob Walker. And I'm Emily Eccles. And this is the brand new Civil Service Pensions podcast. We work for MyCSP, the Scheme Administrator for Civil Service Pensions. We're communicators and we're passionate about making the complicated seem straightforward. But we don't know everything there is to know about pensions. That's why we're using this podcast to learn alongside you. We'll go back to basics to help you get to grips with your civil service pension and make more informed choices about your financial future. In every episode, we'll be chatting to expert guests and members of the scheme to find out how to get the most out of your pension and why it's one of the best in the UK public sector. Today, we're talking about the basics, Pensions 101. What's a pension? How does it work? Why is it better than using a savings account or storing your money in cash in a safe or under your mattress? And what makes this particular scheme so good? Exactly. No question is too small. Joining us today, we have Dominic Arthur, Director of Pensions and Government Recruitment from the Cabinet Office, and Duncan Watson, Chief Executive of MyCSP. Dominic and Duncan, thanks for being here today. Can we start with you each? Tell us a bit about yourselves uh, and your roles. Dominic, let's start with you. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Emily. It's great to be here. I'm Dominic. I'm Director for Pensions and Government Recruitment Service in the Cabinet Office. Uh, and I'm delighted to say that I've been in pensions about 20 years, both in the private sector and in the public sector on this occasion in the civil service. Duncan. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Emily. I'm Duncan Watson. I'm CEO of MyCSP. MyCSP is the organisation that supports the, the Cabinet Office in running the Civil Service Pension Scheme. Um, I've spent 30 years of my, of my career in the, in the pensions industry, helping pension schemes provide benefits to their members and helping to communicate and, and advise members of the benefits they can get. Wow, so wow. We're, we've got about 52 years in the room of yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> pensions experience. That's great. Just to point out, actually, so the difference there, Cabinet Office is the scheme manager for civil service pensions and my CSP are the scheme administrator. That's how those two organisations kind of fit together. All right. First question. So let's go really, really basic. Duncan, what's a, what's a pension? In simplest terms, a pension's your income once you've stopped working. So it's money that gets put aside. So when you stop working, you're not earning anymore. And the pension provides that uh, support, financial support when you're retired. So it's kind of a salary. Think of it that way. It's deferred pay. So pay that you're putting aside. So when you've finished your career or your careers, you've got something that then you can rely on to support your financial needs and your lifestyle in retirement. Okay, that makes sense. So you mentioned that you put pay aside during your career into your pension and then you get it later. So how does that actually work? Mm. One of the things that I think is really useful as a pension uh, is that apart from, you know, why wouldn't why would I ask, uh, and I have actually been asked that before, uh, about keeping the money in a bank account and or even under my pillow. But actually the reason why it's even better in a pension scheme is that the government also contributes to it. So, you know, you put the money away through your pay and your employer contributes to it. And then the government, because the contribution becomes grossed up. So the tax that you would otherwise have paid on it to get your net pay, uh, the government gives that back to you and invests it in your pension scheme. So actually, in some ways, there are three parts to that pension contribution, whereas you won't get that if you took that as pay or if you put that under your pillow. Okay, so you make a contribution from your salary into the scheme, but then that is kind of matched or added to in addition by your employer. 
That's correct. So there are different types of pension, really. But broadly speaking, most employers would contribute to it. So you'll pay a proportion uh, of your salary, a percentage of your salary into your pension. And then your employer will make a contribution to it. And your government will give you back the tax that you would otherwise have paid on it if you were to take the money away. So different types of pension. What are the different types of pension? Well, there are two main types of pension. There's defined benefit or DB and there's defined contribution or DC. In a defined benefits pension scheme, your benefits um, build up as you work for that employer. So over time, your benefits build up based on the time you're there, but also the salary that you earn over that period. And then when you retire, you get a defined amount of pension, which is payable as long as you're alive, and then in most cases payable to your dependents, your your spouse or your children after you die. In a defined contribution or DC pension, you and your employer pay a set amount of contributions each month into the pension scheme, and it goes into a pot, and that pot is invested. You have some control and some choice over those investments, but that investment builds up over time until you reach the point where you want to retire, and your pension will be based on how much that that pot has grown by to the point you re- retire. So there's a bit of risk involved then, I suppose, yeah, with a bit DC. of risk in, in the latter. There's a bit of risk in terms of the investment term. In the in the former, your employer is taking the risk that they pay you that defined amount until you die. So in the civil service pension scheme, Alpha is a defined benefit DB scheme, and Partnership is a DC scheme. Uh, yeah, and, and that's a good thing is that in the civil service we have both options. You don't get both options in other parts of the the the, the the industry. If you go to the private sector, you tend to have mainly defined contribution, one which comes with investment risk. But in the civil service, we have both. Most members, though, get auto-enrolled, so they get automatically enrolled when they join the civil service into the defined benefit, which is secured by government. Uh, but you do have an option if you prefer for various reasons, and it will be a, a personal reason, uh, you could opt out of the defined benefit into the defined contribution. So are there any sort of industry kind of accepted opinions about wh- which is better, you know, defined benefit or defined contribution? I think it depends on individual circumstances, but generally a defined benefit scheme is, is secured income. It's there. Uh, it's backed by your employer. So as long as your employer is strong, then your your pension is, is, is guaranteed and will, will be paid until you die. And and it's based on a defined percentage of your of your working salary and, and your working career service with that employer. In the in the case of the civil service pension scheme, the employer is the government. So the the, the pension scheme is actually backed by the government. So it'll be the, it's one of the most secure DB pension schemes in the UK. In a DC scheme you've got a little bit more control of, of where your investment is placed. You've got a little bit more control about the contribution flow, but you're taking the risk that your investments will, will grow at a particular rate until you retire. So there's investment risk that, that you are shouldering as the employee in a, in a DC scheme. Okay, so a DB is really good. You know, we've sort of talked about why it's so good. It's great, obviously, that the civil service offer defined contribution as an option, but it's not as good or it's more risky so i guess why why is it that some civil servants choose to be in that scheme instead i think it's, it's a, sometimes it's a choice personal choice i think majority of games it's, it's a lack of understanding of what they've actually got with their db scheme db schemes aren't tangible in, in some ways with, with a dc scheme you can see your investments you can see your fund building up and you can watch that over time and it's very it's very apparent with a db scheme you've got this this promise of a of a benefit a prescribed benefit 
maybe 30, 40 years in the future. That's very hard to uh, put into a tangible context. So I think some people, through lack of understanding, come out of the DB scheme, the lack of understanding the benefit they're actually getting, the contribution that the employer was actually making to that scheme, and therefore opt out. Some will see DC as more flexible, more visible, and having a slightly more control, but I think they're it's a lack of understanding of the real benefit of the DB scheme, especially if their long-term career is with the civil service. The power of accumulation of those DB benefits over time is, is exceptionally beneficial to them. Yeah, uh, Duncan is right. And, and that's one of the reasons why we're very keen to talk a lot about the, civil, the benefits of the civil service pension. The good news is that if colleagues haven't actively chosen to go into the defined contribution, they will be automatically enrolled, automatically added to the defined benefit. So if you haven't made an active choice to join the defined contribution, then you're okay, you're in the defined benefit. Another reason why people may choose to go into the defined contribution might be for tax purposes and tax reasons. Uh, and it's for higher paid people that perhaps for, you know, and I'm not going to go into the details, but for annual allowance tax reasons may choose to opt for the defined contribution. Well, I suppose for a lot of people, you know, they're working for, you know, over 40 years mm. of their life. So if you're saving even a small amount over that period of time, it's going it's to build up, isn't it? And we do talk about this a lot, is that it's never too early to start your pension. The earlier you start, the better. Uh, so it's very important that you contribute to your pension, but at the same time, you start as early as you can. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So I guess one thing you mentioned earlier, Dominic, that I'd really like to just kind of go back to is why a pension is better than saving your money in other ways. What would you say are the benefits of a pension over a normal savings account or like Rob mentioned earlier saving all your money in a safe under your bed or something like that so I can think of three things but there is more than three reasons the first one uh, is the fact that as I mentioned earlier your employer contributes to it if you're building up a savings whether it's in a bank account or under your bed to quote Rob your employer will not contribute the civil service for example in the defined contribution a part of it if you don't contribute or if you contribute say 8% your employer would contribute between 15% and, and beyond 15% so it's a quite a huge contribution for employers the defined benefit is even higher on average employers pay into the scheme uh, about 27% for members and again the member or the employee's contribution ranges depending on their salary but it's a huge contribution compared to what you would typically see in the private sector, which will be around 4% for, especially for defined contribution schemes. So that's one reason is that you get contribution from your employer. Uh, and of course, the other one, the second one is the government refund of your contribution, if you like. Uh, you know, So your contribution is paid gross. By doing that, the tax that you would otherwise be paying to government is paid into your pension scheme. The third one is, especially with a civil service scheme, but more broadly with most defined benefits and some defined contributions schemes is that you get life cover with it so in the event that you you know something happens to you uh, again I think Duncan mentioned that earlier you get a lump sum payment if you are still employed in the civil service your family would get a lump sum payment uh, and that comes with the pension if you were to finish to retire or to leave the civil service you still there will still be a sort of payment either through pension or some sort of lump sum uh, refund of contributions or lump sum to your family. So there are huge benefits for being in a pension rather than just putting your money under your bed. 
Yeah, I'm definitely not going to do that anymore. <laughs> like two, two, sorry, two, that old, bank. two extra bits from, from me, I think. One, one is it's safe, particularly the DB scheme, the Alpha scheme, because the government is backing it. The government is guaranteeing that they're, pay, they're going to pay that defined amount in retirement. If you're saving your money in a bank account or keeping it under your bed, there's a risk you're, you get broken into and it's stolen, or you, you, you won't earn very much bank interest on the, on the amount you've got in the bank. So it's a very, very safe investment towards your retirement. I think the other thing about a pension is it, it's, it's slightly hidden, so you're not tempted to do anything with it. It's very difficult to do something with it. So if you can have the discipline of staying in the scheme and saving for it, then it's there and it builds up uh, and it will be there for your, your retirement. If you've got cash in a, another investment or an accessible investment like a bank account, there's always that temptation you know, to take it out before the rainy day and it's very hard to put back. But with a pension, it, it's there. It, it's, it's, it's sitting in the background, you know, accumulating, earning, earning money while, whilst you carry on and working. Growing. Yeah, that's a really mm. good point. That, that's a very good point, actually. And, and on safety, I mean, moving away from putting under your bed, even if it's in a savings account, there is a limit to the protection, isn't there? I can't remember, I think it was, last time I checked, it was up to about £85,000 in one savings account uh, is how much the government will guarantee uh, in the event of the bank going under and uh, we've had that in the past you know off the back of the financial crisis with Northern Rock and other banking organizations but with the pensions your pension as soon as you know it goes in is your you're entitled to it throughout your career really that makes a lot of sense I didn't actually know that and that's a good point about what the government will guarantee with a normal savings account I hadn't even thought of that so basically what we're saying is a pension is really safe yeah, yeah. I suppose the other thing is that that's just kind of coming into my head now is that all the cash I've got sat under my mattress, which is admittedly quite a small pile of cash at the moment, um, you know, that's going to run out, isn't it, at some point? Whereas obviously with a pension, you're going to get that paid to you for the rest of your life once you put it into payment. That's true. That's that's I think true. Dominic talks about you know, benefit, death benefits there or, or, or life, life benefits. With a, with a DB scheme in particular, it's, it's, it's guaranteed. As long as the government is there and exists, that pension is guaranteed. It will be paid to you. It'll get increases every, every, every year. And, and should you unfortunately die, that, that it will continue to your, to your spouse after your time. So you don't get that with a bank so account. So it carries when it's on gone, even it's after gone. you're yeah. gone. You know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. So I just want to pick up on one thing, and this is on the sort of contributions. So we talked about kind of, you know, as a member, you might, in the Alpha scheme, the DB scheme, you would, might make a contribution yourself of between sort of, you know, 4 and 8%. And then your employer, on average, is going to make a contribution of 27%. Does that mean that that money that is being contributed is sat in a pot for you? Does it work differently to that? So, the, so the civil service pension scheme works differently. So, so there's a, there's a effectively a, a contribution that that is there that the government is, is setting aside, but they're guaranteeing to pay your pension regardless of what happens to that money. So, they are effectively taking the investment risk, whereas in a DC scheme, you're taking that investment risk. As, Dom, as Dominic said, the, the your assets or your investments could go up, they could go down, they could vary. If there's a if there's a market crash in a particular year, you know, two or three years before retirement, you could see, you know, your your DC benefit halved in a in a in a very short period of time. With defined benefits, uh, the government is, is 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 guaranteeing that 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 pension. So so that the, the cost of running the scheme is is the twenty seven percent and your your own contribution, but the benefits are are, are guaranteed. Mm. 
and that that's a huge distinction, isn't it, between a defined benefit and a defined contribution, is that whereas, and as Dan can explain earlier, whereas the contribution that you put into the pot for your defined contribution is what builds up, and then the investment returns on that is what you get at the end of your career for defined benefit is the benefit that is calculated. So, i.e., uh, it's normally linked to the number of years you work uh, and the the salary that you're on. So, is the eventual benefit. So, the, it's the benefit that you get at the end that's defined, not the contribution. So, the contrib- for defined contribution is what you put into the ball that defines the, the what you get at the end of it. We talk a lot about I mean, Rob and I are communicators, so it's our job to talk about how great this scheme is and how it's one of the best in, in the UK public sector. But what specifically would you guys say makes it so good? I think, I think the, well, first and foremost, it's it's still open, the DB section. It's still accepting new members and it's still accepting new new benefits growing over, over time. Most private sector defined benefit schemes in the UK are, are closed. They're not allowing anyone else to join. And oh, even really? for those members that are still employed by their employer they're not allowed to generate any more benefits so most active employers in the private sector in the uk are in a defined contribution scheme they may have some defined benefits that are that are sitting dormant if you like or deferred um, but generally their their active contributions are now into a dc scheme so that's one of the the absolute benefits of the of the civil service scheme it's still open to anyone who joins the civil service and it's still accruing benefits presumably the other benefit all the db schemes that you reference there that aren't open anymore aren't open because they're too expensive frankly for those employers to run correct and, and that's why most private sector companies have taken the step to to close them and, and and if you like protect their risk protect their 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 contribution so that's that's one of the biggest values of the civil service pension scheme and it's the guarantee you know defined benefits are as secure as the employer that's that's guaranteeing them in this case it's the uk government okay so th- those decisions that those employers have made are really good decisions for them because it means it's cheaper for them to service the pension but it's it's not so great for the member because they're going to get a smaller pension at the end whereas the government has taken the view well we're not going to do that and we want the best for the people that work for us and we're going to keep this db scheme alive yeah sounds like this essentially a, a guarantor for all of these pensions right that, that's great. I would mm. say the government is the guarantor for uh, civil service and other public sector pensions so we talked about benefits for loved ones and obviously the original question was what makes this scheme so good so is it is it really the case that your loved ones are going to still be able to get some of the pension that you've been getting in retirement after you die? Does that actually happen? That's absolutely correct, yes. Yeah. So uh, it depends on whether you die whilst you're still in service, uh, in which case you get a lump sum and pension. Or if you die, and you know when uh, your pension is frozen, i.e. you're no longer a civil servant, but you haven't taken retirement, again, you will get, benefits, including perhaps a lump sum of some sort, which could be a refund of some contribution, but also a pension. And then the third one is if you are in retirement receiving a pension, your spouse and or children could get a pension scheme. So there will always be something to pay out when one passes on, but it depends on what stage in the process that they are at. Either they are still an active member, i.e. still employed, a deferred member, which is where the pension is frozen, or a retired member. So if you think the comparison with a defined contribution scheme, if you die with with a defined contribution scheme, then effectively the, the pot that is accumulated will will pass over to your 
to your spouse or your or your estate, like so, an inheritance. So if you but if you've retired and you've 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 lived for twenty years in retirement and and taken that pot down through taking a retirement income, the the pot is going to get smaller. So therefore, what is left for your loved ones, your spouse, at the point that you die, is much much smaller. Whereas in the defined benefits scheme, it's defined. The the, the spouse's pension is defined and guaranteed and payable, and for the rest of their life, regardless. That's amazing. What's also important is that colleagues tell us who their choice of person is, i.e. whether if it's your spouse or your children, uh, there's something that we call death nomination. And it's very important that colleagues keep that up to date. And there's a lot of information, again, on the civilservicepensions.org website about how one can do that. So long as the scheme knows who your preferred person or group of people are, we'll be able to make arrangements for that to happen. Okay, so I'm just trying to summarise why it's so good. So it's a defined benefit scheme, and there aren't many of those left. Uh, The employer pays a whacking great amount of money into that, as in the government in this case. And you're basically guaranteed, effectively, an unlimited pot of money. So if you live forever, you get that money paid forever. And then when you die, eventually your wife or your partner or whoever that might be, maybe even your children, are going to continue to get some of that money. Some of the people who listen to this, you know, they they might be in their 20s, 30s, you know, thinking, well, I'm 40 years away from retirement potentially. So why should I care about that now? You know, what would you say to those people, Dominic? Uh, Two things. The first one is, as we've talked about, it's never too early to start. In fact, it's important that you start early. And the fact that you are automatically included in the scheme, automatically enrolled into it, means that you don't really have to take any action uh, unless you want to come out, in which case you have to take an action. But if you don't take any action, you're automatically included in that as soon as you join the civil service. And when you move around civil service departments, that pension comes, so it's portable, it it follows you throughout your civil service career. So it's very important that you start early. The second reason is the benefits that we've talked about is that, you know, for example, if you're not in the pension scheme, that death, that death cover that that we talk about you know that you might get your family will get a lump sum if the unfortunate happens you don't get that Uh, so it's very important that uh, for that reason you are in the pension scheme whether that is the defined benefit or the defined contribution it's very important that that you are in there i think i think the other thing for me is and again Dominic referenced the, the, you know, the, the effectively the twenty seven percent that the the government is is putting aside to make sure they can pay the defined benefits. That's free money, okay? So if if you if you if you're not starting early to think about that, or you're opting out, then you're giving away twenty percent, twenty seven percent of your your pay. I think the sooner you start, the more choices you will have later in life. The later you start, you're limiting your choices, or you'll find yourself working a lot longer before you've got to a point where you can make some of those choices about your about your retirement time. So when, when they say it's the biggest benefit after your pay, they aren't joking, yeah. are they? And opting out is like turning down free money, essentially. Correct. No, that's really interesting. I mean, it's. I know we talked about people in their 20s and 30s. I'm in my 30s now, as of April. I think my retirement feels so far away at the moment. I wouldn't even know where to begin like planning for that part of my financial future you know where Duncan where do you think I would start I think there's three things you need to start thinking about Uh, one is 
how your lifestyle is going to evolve over the next 20 or 30 years? What kind of responsibilities might you acquire, be it children, be it houses, etc., be it a taste for holidays? The second thing is work out what, what would do you see yourself doing in retirement? Do you see yourself traveling more, going on more holidays, buying different things? that they, they all cost money and you're not working. So think of retirement. Think of, your as we said earlier, your your pension is your is your pay that will allow you to do those things in retirement. So have a really hard thing. I know it is hard sometimes at your age, but uh, think about what you might want to do while you're retired. And I think the second really important thing is is when do you think that may be? You know, do you want to retire at, at 55, at 60, at 65? So think about the earlier you want to retire and enjoy life post-work, the more you're going to have to accumulate in your pension. So it is really important that you start thinking about that now and get used to that pension saving, you know, leaving your pay slip and, 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 and accumulating nice and quietly in, in the background. And there are some great tools, some great modelers um, in the, the pension scheme website that allows you to think about when and how much you're going to need to, to if you like, afford that lifestyle that you've, you've dreamt about in retirement. So there's actual like calculators and, and tools that I could use to kind of import, you know, I want to retire at 60, for example, or, and, you know, it'll help me kind of figure out what I would need to do with my pension now to get there. Correct. Oh, that's and so I think it's a, it surprises a lot of people, particular people in, in defined contribution DC plans. It is a, a shock to most people when they do that yeah. modelling, work out the, the pot of money they're going to need at, say, 60, and then work out what they've got to contribute to now yeah. um, or when they start contributing. So they've got that pot at retirement. Somebody told me a rule of thumb is if you start a pension at 20, then roughly contribute half your age for the rest of your life and you should be okay. If you think about starting saving when you're 50, then you can do the maths and, and work out how much you're going to have to start saving when you're 50 to get anywhere close to being a, a, a decent pot at retirement. So it's kind of saving for like a big, long 20-year holiday, really, isn't it? You know, all <laughs> big, you spend... really long rainy day. <laughs> yeah. I know, like Duncan, you said earlier, it, with other types of savings, it can be really easy to dip into it, but it's with a pension, you're lucky in that the decision's made for you. It's hard to touch it if you wanted to. Yeah, the law makes it very hard. The law makes it very hard to touch it before you get to 55. So so it, 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 you've got that protection there that even if you wanted to dip into it, it's really difficult to do so. Also, yeah. there's laws surrounding it. It's not like yeah. a normal savings account. There's actually laws that will stop you from taking that money out to protect you correct that makes would save you from yourself if you like yeah. um that makes sense but and i guess it's but it's not necessarily hidden away from view it's actually really easy to track where your how your pension's doing how it's growing is that right it is yeah and for a dc scheme very easy you, you should be able to log on and see your pot accumulating so you can see the, the cash value if you like of that of that dc scheme for a, a db scheme you've got annual statements use the modeling tools to project what what you might get should you work for another 20 30 years in the civil service so there are tools out there that make it very easy to see what your projected benefits are at your chosen retirement age right and all of that's accessible through the website isn't it through the um through the pension portal it is yes and the pensions modeler that duncan is talking about is absolutely brilliant and i would encourage colleagues to go and have a look because one of the other advantages with the pensions modeler is that if you feel that actually you know instead of 20 years you know holidaying uh, i don't just want to holiday i also want to holiday with the rest of my family you can decide to contribute more 
so you know add more to the actual contribution and then get more in retirement so what we call added pension so you can actually do more in that space and the modeler will give you various options that, that you can that will help you decide on that but I can tell certainly tell you apart from the annual benefit statement that you get on an annual basis that Duncan touched on uh, you can also use the modeler to determine not just where things are now but projecting into the future what things would look like whether you contribute more or the same wow that's been super enlightening yeah so thanks duncan and thank you to dominic as well for being here it's been really great to have you both with us today i think both emily and i feel like we've really learned something from from you and hopefully the people listening have too thank you so much for joining us thanks both it's been a really good um, episode i agree thank you both it's been great talking to you about pensions and if you'd like to see more go on to the civil service pensions scheme.org.uk If you've got any questions, let us know. But uh, hopefully the podcast will be listened to by many uh, and will prompt people to continue contributing to their patients. Great. Thanks, guys. So if you want to find out more about any of the topics that we've talked about in this episode, or if you want to tell us something that you want us to cover in a future episode, you can head to civilservicepensionscheme.org.uk forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can also leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening and thanks for joining us. 